Hi, friends, it's me. I wanted to take a minute just to tell you about some of the exciting changes that are coming to the podcast. First, the logo will be changing. My good friend, Eddie Trask, designed a beautiful new logo that is simple and contemplative. So beginning in Season 8, this new look will take effect. But the old logo isn't going away. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Next, from the beginning, you heard that this is a Spirit of Truth Radio Network original program. Beginning in Season 8, this is going to change to Spirit of Truth Radio Arts. With this change comes a change in focus, from building a radio network to supporting existing Catholic radio stations with spirit-filled content. This new focus has already begun, and I'm proud to announce that Salt and Light Catholic Radio in Boise, Idaho, has extended their hand in partnership with this podcast. It is already available on their website and mobile app. I am working with Sean Kelly, one of the best voiceover talents in the industry, to redo the intro and outro. Finally, the old logo is not going away. It will be used for a new project that is underway. It's called Lessons from Along the Way. With close to 100 episodes under mine and Dave Imhoff's belt, we have learned quite a bit about our faith. Thanks to Salt and Light Radio, we are developing a half-hour radio show that discusses what each episode had to teach. So those are the exciting changes coming soon. I thank you for following the show. I hope you will subscribe to it wherever you listen. Please sign up for my email newsletter. Just go to the website, www.castingthe.net. And thank you to Pat King for being the friend that he is and opening so many doors to make these changes both necessary and possible. Enjoy the show. This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Network original program. When I was thinking about starting a podcast, I must admit I didn't think I had what it took. But a good friend said to me, God doesn't always call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Now at almost 100 episodes and the possibility to fulfill a lifelong dream of doing radio, I meet a guy that is both qualified and called. He is a guy that is ready to share his vast experience to help grow the kingdom. When I asked him if he thought I had what it took, his reply was simple. God doesn't always call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Joining me along the way and mentoring me as we go is one of the hosts of Morning Light on Salt and Light Catholic Radio, Brian Howell. Brian, welcome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, man, it's, it's so good to have you here. You know, you and I have become kind of, we were introduced by a, a good friend of mine, Pat King. God bless mm -hmm. him. God love him. Him and uh, Eddie Trask, great guys. And that is how I actually got started listening to the Salt and Light Radio Catholic Network out in Boise, Idaho, was because of that. But because of that, I got to, to witness a really good morning show and I'll tell you the reason why it's so good, because it's so connected to the community. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, we are in the Diocese of Boise, but the Diocese of Boise is the entire state of Idaho. So we have so much geography to cover. And I've been with Salt and Light Radio for about 11 years now, and it was always my goal to somehow shrink the size of our diocese by bringing in people from all over the state. Mm -hmm. um, the radio network is starting to expand we're in central Idaho now, uh, across most of southern Idaho, and then, God willing, later this summer, early fall, we're going to be in eastern Idaho. And so as the network um, expands, that's going to become easier. Uh, also, we just created a phone app, so you can really take Salt and Light Radio anywhere around the world. 
So people getting ready for summer vacation, as long as they have their smartphone, they can still keep in touch with what's going on here locally. But, you know, going back to your point, we we always want to have as many local people as possible, uh, local clergy, uh, the movers and shakers in the pro-life movement, um, fun little segments where we talk about gardening. You know, our, our friend Pat King is a landscaper. And so it's just like, you know, we have so much of God's beauty out here in the Pacific Northwest. Why not talk about that with people who are master gardeners, landscapers, uh, farmers? So we just, there's so much that we can talk about that sometimes we feel the one hour morning show just isn't enough. Um, that we would like to someday expand into a two-hour local program because there are just so many people that we can talk to here in the local area. But yeah, that's been the main thing. Even though most of our programming comes from the network, we always want to have as much local programming as possible. And that's where our morning light show um, has really shined over the last five years. Talk about connection to your diocese. Every morning, you're praying for a certain priest, praying for a, a parish. How do these these names come to you? Well, we have our Idaho Catholic Register, and uh, I think it's mostly just in alphabetic order, but we try to pick a specific priest and just sort of go down. And unfortunately, we don't have that many in our diocese, but we try to include the retired ones as well. Uh, we we, we uh, pray for our religious sisters. We pray for our monks out uh, in the at the monastery down the road. So I just think that's important that if you can keep that priest in mind as you're going about your day to say a quick prayer, uh, the parish of the week is just something we started back in, I want to say March, mm -hmm. where if we can pick a particular parish and then we spotlight that parish during Monday morning show, and maybe it's the pastor or perhaps it's somebody who's the the administrator in that particular parish, but it's somebody who can tell us a little bit. And this goes back to what I was saying about trying to shrink the size of the diocese. Somebody here in Boise in Southwest Idaho has no idea what goes on in Southeast Idaho on the opposite end of the state. So for this opportunity to talk with somebody who's a parish administrator in some small rural area on the Wyoming border, um, I just think it sheds a lot of light that God is alive, that Jesus is in charge of all of our parishes, not only here in Idaho, not in the Diocese of Boise, but internationally and around the world. You know, Brian, it's kind of hard for me to, to wrap my head around because I, I have traveled. I've, I've been as far west as Montana to the north and Texas to the south, and I've been you know, pretty much on every state in the East Coast. But, you know, talking with Pat King who says that he'll drive eight hours to get to a, a meeting for the, for the new core meeting eight hours here in, in new England will take you out of the region to, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's amazing how big your, your, your diocese is. It is. And uh, you know, some of these States out here in the West, uh, I grew up in Montana, by the way, but I mean, if you look at Wyoming or Idaho, there are only a few major arteries that you can even drive. Our daughter attends college up in, in the northern part of Idaho in the Panhandle, and it is. It's a six-hour drive to go from Boise up to Moscow, Idaho, but it's just because it's just a two-lane winding through the mountainside. You can only go about 55 miles an hour, so it just takes a long time. Distance-wise, it's not that far, but mm -hmm. it's just the time, but... 
you know, like I said, the, the geography is so beautiful out here that you don't even mind it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll have to get you out here to Boise. So then that will be as far West as you've ever been. I would love to, I would love to get out there. It's, it sounds so beautiful. I, I, I got to witness the Rocky mountains once. And I was just, you know, after looking at the Appalachian, I said, those are mountains. Yep, you know, exactly. You know. I feel the same way. <laughs> Brian, tell me a little bit about your Catholic journey. Where are you? Where did you come from? Well, like I said, I grew up in uh, Montana, a north central town along the High Line. And um, I grew up really with no religious background. Um, my mom and dad, they tried to attend churches, but in a small town of 3000, I think they were really put off by I'm making air quotes here, organized religion, uh, because in our fallen human nature, even pastors sometimes trip and fall. And so when you go out to the supper club on Saturday and see the pastor, you know, doing things he shouldn't be doing. And then Sunday he's up there at the pulpit preaching a message about how you need to be good. Um, he just didn't like that. And so he was more spiritual so we grew up with Glacier National Park in our backyard. And so the summers were spent up there camping and we'd be sitting around the, the campfire in the morning, drinking our coffee. And he would say, this is the church that God built. This is where I feel closest to the Lord. So he did have a little bit of spirituality, but as far as going to church or anything, I didn't really discover that until probably junior high and high school. Uh, my best friend at the time went to a Presbyterian church and they had a great youth program. And a lot of my friends went to that. And a lot of cute girls that I had crushes on went to that. And so I went to that. And uh, just growing up Protestant and being involved in Bible studies and uh, going to church, singing in the church choir, um, you know, kind of had that born again moment, probably I want to say the late 80s, where I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved to Boise in May of 1990, and uh, my first wife and I, we were sort of evangelical. We went to these praise and worship where you sing for 45 minutes, then the pastor gets up there with this message, and then they pass around the basket and you're done. And it wasn't really that fulfilling. Uh, my first marriage didn't work out. So about a year and a half later, I met this gal who has now been my wife for 22 years, but she was Catholic. And we didn't have a lot of time to spend together to like go out on dates. Our, our schedules were just so crazy at the time mm -hmm. that uh, if I wanted to spend time with her, I had to go with her and her parents to mass on Sunday. And I think she was really nervous about the first time that I went to a Catholic mass and when I came out, you know, she asked me, what was that like for you? And it's like, it really wasn't that different from a Presbyterian service that I remember from my high school days, except for the Eucharist. And so going to mass over a period of time, I really didn't know what the Eucharist was. You know, in my church growing up, we had the Lord's Supper, which was an oyster cracker and a shot of grape juice. It was just a symbol. But there was something different about this Eucharist, and I couldn't understand why people were putting so much reverence into this wafer that the priest was holding up. And so I just had to learn more about it. Um, and then the Knights of Columbus, you know, we would stay for the pancake breakfast after Mass, and I would see these men with these big smiles on their face. They're going around filling up coffee mugs and orange juice and flipping pancakes. And they had all this joy 
and this heart service that really touched me that, you know, it's like those two things made me join RCIA and I became Catholic before my wife and I got married. So it's been great. You know, it's one of those things that they don't bring up in high school youth group that, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he founded a church and that church was the Catholic church. Don't remember hearing about that in high school. <laughs> I heard about that on Catholic radio. So, All right. yeah. So that brings me to, how did you get into Catholic radio? Well, I've been in radio since I was 16 years old and it's been mostly commercial. And I think I've worked every format, every day part over that time. Um, but at the time that I found this job, I had worked for a cluster of stations as their production manager. So basically I just wrote and produced commercials 40 hours a week. Uh, once in a while, I might do some announcing or some voice tracking on one of our stations when somebody was sick, but for the most part, it was just writing and producing commercials. And I'd hit the glass ceiling pretty early in that 12 years where I just was spinning my wheels. I wasn't going anywhere, very frustrated griping to my wife about it after mass one day. And she had the church bulletin. She goes, well, salt and light radio is looking for an operations manager. So that was Sunday, obviously Monday. I sent them my resume Tuesday. They called me over for an interview Wednesday. I accepted their offer and turned in my two weeks notice. And uh, labor day of 2012 was my, that was my first day here at salt and light radio officially. <laughs> <laughs> Has it perfected your, your faith? Yes, absolutely. Um, I learned so much more being here surrounded by quality Catholic programming and learning more about the faith. Um, the people that I have met through the local programming over the years, I think I've met pretty much every priest in our diocese over those, you know, 12 years, 11 years. But um, yeah, it definitely has helped me on in so many levels, just to be able to understand things that I didn't understand or hurdles that I had early on when I came into the church. Um, and you just can't cram 2000 years of church teaching and tradition into a nine month RCIA course, you're going to come out of that with way more questions than you went in. And so that's where I, Catholic radio, it's so key, we try to get that message out to all the RCIA leaders across our diocese that you've got to tell your candidates and your catechumens about Catholic radio, because it's going to help them throughout that RCIA process. But then that mystagogy stage afterwards, it's crucial that they're going to have those questions answered, you know, by listening to Catholic radio. Well, we get accused sometimes, I think, of preaching to the choir, which, of course, the choir needs to hear the message, too. But we've got like three or four hours a day that are devoted to non-Catholics and trying to, and why atheists are listening to Catholic radio, I have no idea, but the, the phones are packed that day that uh, our apologists are talking to atheists. So people have that God-shaped hole in their heart that needs to be filled. And if Catholic radio can help in some form or fashion, then praise be to God. What was that hole in your heart? Boy, that's a great question. Um, I really lived a bad life. Uh, my dad was a long haul truck driver. And so he really wasn't in my life. And so the only positive male role models I probably have were my coaches and my youth group leader. And they were great men. But you know, when you have that missing father figure to teach you what it's like to be a man, mm -hmm. um, sometimes you let culture teach you that lesson. So 
it really was the sex, drugs, and rock and roll type lifestyle. Um, so early in my life, you know, I just made some horrible decisions and life choices that I was really ashamed of. So by the time I was, like I said, 21, 22 years old, I just, I was going to die if I did not make a change. And so I really just put my whole life into the hands of Jesus and it's just saved me. I, I've got to make a change here because this is, when I look in the mirror, it's not the person I, I want to be. Mm -hmm. I know I can be more. I know you created me to be more. So, you know, I trust in you to show me the way. And that way it took a long time, but I'm finally here at Catholic radio. And now I understand why he put that desire in my heart at 16 years old to be on the radio. Cause I've never got rich at this, uh, radio gig, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter if you're doing a morning show, uh, in a small town in Montana, or if you're here at a mid market, like Boise, um, yeah, we're, we're not making a hundred grand a year to be sure. So you have to do it for other reasons. And now I know why that desire has always been here. No matter how hard I try to get out of radio over the years, I always got sucked back into it like a black hole. But now I understand why, because he was preparing me to step into this role. And it's like, you have all of the knowledge that you need to make this radio apostolate successful. And it's not about me and it's not about the money. It's about the mission. You know, I, I appreciate the accolades and the comments and the compliments, but at the end of the day, I am a simple tool in the hand of the master. I always say before the morning show starts, I must decrease so that he can increase because I don't want that ego of my early days to rear its ugly head because it's not about me at the end of the day. It's about Christ and me and my co-host hope Ryan. Uh, she's awesome and we have a great time you guys, and, uh, you guys do well together. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's all for his glory. And if we can bring somebody into the church, bring somebody to Christ, then it's worth getting up at four forty-five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's six forty-five here on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, you used a word just a little while ago, mystagogy, and, uh, it wasn't until the last episode that I, I actually knew what that word meant, mystagogy. And now I'm, I'm probably going to screw it up. What was the, your most mystagogical, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was your most you mystagogical know, moment of your life? We Catholics have all the great words, don't we? Mm -hmm. That's why we win at Scrabble all the time. Cause we just have these words that nobody else has heard. Um, <laughs> you know, for me over the years, my biggest hurdles have been our blessed mother, uh, confession, and um, I think that was probably the two main ones. Mm -hmm. And so I think just learning what it's about, learning about Christ's mercy that uh, have helped and the explanations that I've heard on Catholic radio over the years about Mary. And it's like, nobody could love Mary more than Jesus. So what's my excuse? You know, it's just... Mm. And being a Protestant, it's not like we didn't believe in Mary or or the virgin birth or anything like that. You know, it's uh, it's just the way she is revered in the Catholic faith, maybe a little bit more than in other faiths. Um, and the confession thing, I think that just goes back to pride, uh, just being ashamed of what you've done that you don't want to share with anybody else. I mean, there's things that I 
did that my best friend, I wouldn't even share with him. But you can go into confessional and you can share that with your priest and be absolved. And, you know, it's it's things like that. I think those were probably the two main ones that I had to work out during my mystagogy phase. But, you know, we're always learning. We're always growing. So I don't know that we ever leave that phase, really. Yeah. You know, for anybody that's that's listening now that hasn't been to confession or is is pondering, you know, going to confession, what would you tell them? Well, I was told a long time ago to kind of go over the Ten Commandments to really prepare. Um, and I keep a list. I mean, I write down, okay, here's the checklist. And I'm sure that my confessor gets tired of hearing a lot of the same sins. But it's just to to have that courage to step out in faith and to know how good you're going to feel afterwards. And the next time that that temptation pops up, you're not going to be so easily stepping into something you shouldn't because it's like, wow, I remember what I felt like when I went into the confessional and had to talk to father about this. So I don't know that I want to do that again. So I think I'm just going to leave this sin aside and say a Hail Mary and move on with my day. <laughs> but I think as men, you know, we just, we're, we so get, we get prideful and thinking that we know best and we can do it better than God. And I just say, that's just all garbage. You know, you couldn't take your next breath if it wasn't for God's permission. So, you know, who are we? We need to get our butts to confession so that we can go to mass and receive the Eucharist and Absolutely. be closer. Yeah. If I could just share something with you, my present confessor is one of my best friends in the world. And the first time when he got ordained, I was his first person to confess to him wow yeah i mean he and i used to work at the bingo at the uh at the at the parish together you know he was he was the guy that was leading the leading that that ministry and um you know and we'd go and we'd have these like deep theological talks as deep as i could get and you know of course larry who's now father larry you know, he was much more he was very very uh just just wonderful and patient and uh he was just a great guy but now he's a priest so every time I got to go and confess to him, I really honestly have to look beyond Larry and see Jesus. So it's, yeah. it, it really, for me, it was, it was, a, it's a beautiful experience because I, I truly get the, that feeling that I am confessing to Jesus. And then to hear him say the words, you know, I absolve you of your sin, you know, there's nothing better. Yeah. You know, um, Hey, let's go back to your radio career because Radio is not my my good friend Sean Kelly. He'll tell you about the ups and downs in radio. You've had some ups and downs, right? Oh boy, yeah. The ups are at least in commercial radio. Over the years, I've assembled quite a photo album of some of my favorite musicians that I've been able to go backstage and meet. Um, and for the most part, they've all been wonderful people. You know, you you put these people on a on a pedestal sometimes when you're young. Um, and then when you get a chance to meet them, you know, it's, it's hard not to be starstruck. It, mm -hmm. It's like, okay, a professional here. Let's not, you know, act like you've been here before, <laughs> but you know, Johnny cash, Reba McIntyre, Ario Speedwagon, those guys are great. Um, 38 special, all these different people, these, uh, musicians over the years that I've had a chance to meet. So those were definitely the ups, the friendships that I've made. 
the music that I've got to play on the air and some of the fun promotions and remote broadcasts that I've got to do over the years. Um, it's, it was really about the people, the downs. I'm trying to remember what year it was probably late nineties, maybe the mid nineties when the FCC relaxed the regulations on how many stations you could own. And before we knew it in a blink of an eye, we had four radio stations or four corporations that own every radio station in the Boise Valley. Wow. And so it went from mom and pop. We're all about our listeners. We're all about our advertisers to now we're this nationwide corporation that owns dozens of radio stations. We couldn't find Boise on a map if we had to. And now it's about shareholders. It's about the bottom line. And so the first thing that gets cut, you know, are people and promotional budgets. And so they really sucked the fun out of it pretty early on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that was definitely the down. And it's a really cutthroat business. I tell you, you know, we have these ratings twice a year out here. I know in the major markets, they're always having uh, ratings going on. But, you know, it's a three-month chunk of time where you're working your butt off as hard as you can to get good ratings. And if you don't, you know, you're kicked to the curb pretty fast. And then you're out there trying to hustle or find another gig. So it's definitely cutthroat. Um, and that, that's hurt a couple of times. I remember one time I was fired at eight o'clock on Monday morning and by 1030 that same day, I had a job, you know, different day part, different format across town. Um, so a lot of it here in Boise was who, you know, rather than how much, you know, mm -hmm. but again, it's just, uh, it, it's rough. It, it can definitely beat you up and take your lunch money if you're not careful. Yeah. What carried you through those tough times? Uh, I think just the support of my good friends and of course my faith, you know, it's just one of those things where you go home, you know, I can't believe this happened. You say a prayer, make a few phone calls. And like I said, you know, a couple hours later, you're back on the air somewhere else. So yeah, you definitely have to have some faith mm. when you're, when you're in this business. Yeah. It's rough. You, you talked about your ratings now I, I i did not know this that the that idaho is a is a big big state for the lds church yes how did i didn't know that how did you how do you do in ratings wise well w with us being a nonprofit, it's kind of tough we don't have the money that we're able to um because you have to buy the rate the results you know you can sign up to be a part of it but if you want to see the final results you have to pay for that Mm -hmm. which it's pretty bendy. And so a nonprofit like us, we really can't afford to get the results. Um, so we kind of take a formula where for every donor that you have, somebody who actually picks up the phone during your pledge drive and calls in a, a, some financial support, you take that donor base and multiply it by 10. So I would say just in our listening area, and it's grown a lot here in the last few years as we've grown out the network, but I'd say maybe 35 to 40,000 listeners at any given moment across the state. So that's Boise, Twin Falls, uh, the Camas Prairie, and then soon Idaho Falls. And that's what you mentioned about the LDS faith. That was key for us to try. And we've been trying for a long, long time to get out to Eastern Idaho, because that's where it's, it's predominant, you know, just it's so close to Salt Lake City, 
Um, a lot, a lot of people leave the big city to come up to Southeast Idaho to settle, uh, Pocatello, Idaho falls. So it's really key in our mission to get out to Eastern Idaho and spread the word. Cause we have heard from those people. We had a gentleman, this morning light was in its infant stage. And we had a gentleman that was traveling back and forth between Twin Falls and and Boise. And praise be to God, we have stations in both markets. So you kind of reach this fuzzy area and you go from one frequency to the other. But he was listening to the morning show and whatever we said that morning triggered something in him that he wanted to learn more. And it was about a year, year and a half after listening to the morning show that he became Catholic. Wow. And And he's the only Catholic in his LDS family. So... It's it's incredible how hearts can be converted by something, you know, and we never know this side of the veil, how Catholic radio, how many people have been brought to Christ through something we said or did or something they heard, something they experienced. Um, so it's a powerful, powerful medium. I know sometimes people think that radio's dying and, and maybe it is. I don't know. I, I think there's always going to be a need for radio. And now we're trying to dip our toe into podcasting and doing video things on our YouTube channel. So we're trying to cast a wider net like you hey, casting the net. There you go. Hey, that's called a segue folks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just casting a wider net because we, it's all about mission and ministry and just preaching the gospel and talking about the truth of the Catholic church in hopes that you're going to get those returns. We're in the seed planting business. Conversion is management's problem. Yep, absolutely. And uh, just so people know, I'm I'm truly honored and truly, I, I'm just I'm, I'm blown away that this podcast now is on Salt and Light Radio's podcast uh, uh, page. So if you go, you will see all all the episodes from along the way. Uh, this one will be up pretty soon, and. Uh, I'm, I'm just, again, I'm so honored and, and to be a part of it, uh, to be a partnership with, with salt and light radio, because uh, honestly, you guys do, you do a fantastic job of planting seeds. Catholic radio is, is, is an, it's an absolute must that we have it because there are places within the United States that I, I call Catholic deserts where, mm-hmm. where the Catholic radio, the message is so light it gets lost in the secularism of their, of their, and, and salt and light does not do that. They are an EWTN affiliate, but they have, like I said before, they have just such a wonderful, wonderful morning show that is connected to the, to the community. And I wish, I wish more and more Catholic uh, radio stations would take that into their model. Well, speaking of that, uh, we get letters from, those incarcerated, you know, we have a state prison here in South Boise and we get letters that that might be the only religion that they get is what they hear on salt and light radio. So they're allowed radios and uh, the TVs are turned to the EWTN television network. And of course we've got prison ministry that goes out and priests that go out there and offer mass, but you know, that's their spiritual lifeline is salt and light radio. And we hear from shut-ins, you know, we have a lot of seniors that can't make it to mass that, uh, that that's their life is their little 10 by 10 apartment. And so they listen religiously, pardon the pun to Catholic radio, because we offer, you know, mass twice a day. We do the rosary. We do the divine mercy chaplet. 
Um, we have a lot of pre-recorded prayers from our local people that we rotate throughout the day. So yeah, just to be that presence, that Catholic presence in their lives, whether they're in prison, whether they're a senior shut-in, um, yeah, not everybody's as blessed as you and me that that's their spiritual lifeline. And and it was really prevalent during COVID, mm -hmm. but uh, even coming out of COVID now, um, we still hear from a lot of people that say, boy, without you, I don't know how I could have stayed Catholic. Yeah. If if you do live in one of those those Catholic deserts, you know, download the Salt and Light Radio app. It's a great app. And there's other radio stations out there as well, but I, I, I'm just really, really high. You're partial. I, I am. I'm partial now because uh, I, I feel part of a family, you know, even though there's two mountain ranges in between us yes. and, and a lot of miles, uh, I do feel part of a family that, uh, you know, is mentoring me. And speaking of that, that's a great way to segue into our, our next, uh, let's talk about mentorship and, and, and how you're helping me to one, become a better interviewer, uh, to, you know, to develop a more of a radio career. What are your thoughts on mentorship? Uh, I had some great mentors in my late teens. I had a program director in college who drove me nuts, but later I really come, I came to understand what he was trying to do and, uh, really respected him for it. But it's key, I think, to have that early in someone's career, whether you're starting a project, just getting started in a career path. And uh, I was just so appreciative of the mentorship that I got that I always have tried to pay it forward. Um, I know that I had probably two or three talents over the years that I took under my wing and every one of them ended up in a major market. And, uh, and I, it's, I don't know what I taught them, but I guess I gave them just a little bit of nudge out of the nest that they were able to go out and do great things. And I'm, I'm proud of all of them. Um, so yeah, I just, if I can give some 16 year old out there, that spark that I got when I was his or her age, um, that's great for me. I, I just want to be able to pay it forward in some form or fashion. So with what you're trying to do, and I think it's important, you know, God puts people together for a reason. And that's really happened a lot for me personally, just here recently in the last two or three years, um, that you're going along and you meet somebody and something clicks. And the next thing you know, it just explodes into this major project that is successful. If, you know, I get out of the way and let God do his thing. Um, and I think a lot of that, you know, there's a lot of humility that needs to come in that too. I mean, that has to be tempered that, you know, you can't be patting yourself on the back. Look what I did. It needs to be more about them and their success than you and yours. Um, so, yeah, I think anything that we can do together because we're all trying to build the kingdom, you know, we're all trying to spread the gospel and share the good news that we all need to be pulling in the same direction. You know, even though we're in different markets through things like Zoom and YouTube and radio apps, you know, we have completely shrunk the goal, the globe yeah. to be able to, you know, share this message with literally millions of people if we can all get on the same page and and do God's work. So yeah, I I 
my door's always open. I mean, if there's anything I can do for you or anybody out there that's listening, that's thinking about getting into whether it be podcasting or, you know, some video production, uh, maybe you're getting ready to do something on the radio. Yeah, I, I'm definitely available to consult, I guess, in any way. And uh, hopefully I don't lead you down the wrong path. Well, <laughs> Brian, let me share this with you. Father Larry Burrell, who I was talking with you about before, when I was telling him that I wanted to get into podcasting, he says, God doesn't always call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen, brother. And in our conversation leading up to this this conversation, those were the exact same words that you said to me. So uh, I think... I think I'm on the way. I'm, I'm along the way and I'm on the track. So, um, but I want to thank you for, you know, the, you know, the work that you've done with me, you know, moving forward. And we are trying to develop a, a radio program for salt and light radio. It's, it was nothing definite yet, but we have got one episode of it done already. And we want to get a, a kind of a backlog, some in the can. And we're, we're hoping that, uh, we can bring that to you. And I really, really want people to just, Go and download the Salt and Light Radio app because it's it's you know it really will help build the kingdom. So, yeah, yeah, we've got a website too if people want to check out saltandlightradio.com. Even though our uh, logo uses the ampersand, um, you have to spell out and when you do the website. But a lot of great information there, and of course, you can listen live from the website as well. Um, and all of our podcasts are on there. We have social media links. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's right now kind of being retooled a little bit so that it's a little prettier and we're trying to bring the website into the 21st century. So, uh, maybe not click on it now, but down the road here in a couple of months when we get ready to launch version 2.0, but yeah, we would just invite people listening to check out our website and learn about the Idaho diocese. And we'd love to have you out here sometime. Well, I, I would be looking forward to to attending your your men's conference because I hear Idaho has a yeah. really really good men's conference. Yeah, it's one of the biggest in the Pacific Northwest. We've had some uh, heavy hitters over the years: uh, Father Larry Richards, Doctor Ray. Um, we had Father Michael Schmitz out here one time. Um, some of the uh, Catholic Answers Live apologists have been out here. Yeah, Patrick Coffin. So. Yeah, this last one, we had Monsignor Shea from the University of Mary in Bismarck, and we had uh, a former Major League All-Star come out. So, you know, it's it's great. You never know what to expect, mm -hmm. but you know the Holy Spirit's going to be there. And, yeah, if you're looking for that spiritual high and a way to recharge your batteries, uh, it's been moved to the first Saturday of February now. So put that on your radar, men, and uh, we'll get a website out there to you that you can check it out and get signed up early. Usually the early bird registration is considerably less. Uh, we do have an online way. So even wherever you're listening to right now, you can uh, watch it online. I was amazed by that last year. Yeah, yeah I, did, I wasn't able to attend it, but I was amazed that you know, it's online and that's that's fantastic. Yeah, because again, it's just uh, it's just too important to keep to ourselves. You know, it's mm -hmm. just we can't just get on the men here in southwestern Idaho to show up to a conference like this. It's just too important. 
and we got to get the word out there nationwide. So again, that's one of those silver linings that came out of COVID is we had to find a way to pivot like most of America did that, okay, we can't have people congregating. So how do we get this conference to continue and be able to share with people, you know, sitting in their pajamas in their living room on a Saturday morning. Yep. <laughs> so we we offer that now too, so that everybody can can tune in. You know, you sign up, you register, you get a link that day, and and it's it's very well put together. It's it's quite a production, and uh, I think any Catholic man would get a lot out of it for sure. Uh, speaking of Catholic men, you guys just put together a new segment for morning. Uh, morning light where you're actually talking to the Knights of Columbus from Idaho. Yes. And you talked this morning, you talked about into the breach. Mm -hmm. What a great way for men to come together uh, and study that and, and really share. And, you know, I think my hat's off to you guys for, for, for doing that up ep that episode. Well, I think again, going back to the infancy of uh, morning light, you know, almost five years ago. And we definitely knew that the Knights of Columbus, they're such an important part of our diocese. I mean, you even the small rural parishes have Knights of Columbus councils, and they do so much work. And they're basically your pastor's right arm that we wanted to highlight some of these councils and the things that they did. Uh, we talked to a lot of the state officials to see, you know, statewide what's going on. Um, and it's kind of gone away and come back over those years, but this time we really want to focus on this into the breach. So I think they're on every other Friday on the show. So one Friday, we might talk to a council or a state officer. And then the next Friday, we're going to dive deep into this, into the breach. And for those who don't know, it was this letter written by Bishop Olmsted from the diocese of Phoenix going back about seven years. Um, it was turned into a booklet by the Knights of Columbus. In fact, uh, I think going back to our very first men's conference that Sultan Light did, every man that showed up for that conference got that booklet, you know, as part of their registration. So it's a great booklet and it just answers that question, you know, what does it mean to be a man in today's culture, which is so toxic towards, you know, not just Catholicism, but, you know, religion in general. Mm -hmm. And for years, you know, men have been portrayed in Hollywood as these bumbling idiots or those that just chase skirts and don't respect women. So it's like, okay, for someone like me who grew up really without a dad, um, if that's how you're going to take your cues is from movies and TV shows and things you read in magazines that, you know, we can get off track in a hurry. So we've got to get Catholic men more involved in parish life, family life. Um, Cause kids watch kids mm -hmm. learn from their parents. And so if if dad can be a little bit bigger piece of the puzzle that this next generation, you know, won't be lost. Uh, but guys, we got to roll up our shirt sleeves and get busy. Join the Knights of Columbus. If you've got that heart for service, it's more than flipping pancakes. You know, if you don't want to do that, there are plenty of things that your pastor can find for you to do around your parish, but just get involved and you'll find that the, the gates will open and you'll be amazed at how God will honor and bless that time that you give back to his church. How amazing. 
is blessed Father McGivney. Yes. I mean, just yeah. the charisms of that man is just amazing. Yeah. And and the work that they do internationally. I know that uh, one of our officers is in charge of, uh, uh, it's a wheelchair drive. So all the natural disasters that happen like in Haiti, uh, and you see these kids without limbs or they're, they're maimed in some horrible way by a natural disaster, you know, some of the first people that are on the scene are the Knights of Columbus. And they work with prosthetics and they work with wheelchairs and they're building houses again and trying to get people back on their feet. You know, it's the Catholic church. That's the, the biggest charitable foundation. I think there is, I mean, when it comes to boots on the ground, you can't beat the church and the Knights of Columbus are a major part of that. Yeah. The, uh, the Knights of Columbus are really the right as Pope John Paul II said, the strong right arm of the of the Catholic Church, they do they have for years for years have been solving and 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 taking care of the sufferings the physical sufferings of people, but now they're getting more into the spiritual with this new mm -hmm. core meeting that's coming out. I don't know if Pat's told you about that, but the new core meeting that's coming out, the Knights of Columbus are focusing on the the entire man now, body and soul, and yeah, uh, so it's it's really important what they're doing if if you haven't seen it you know to get the booklet to uh see the 12-part video series that the knights produced it's very well done and uh that's kind of what we're going to be picking apart this next year with the knights of columbus as uh you know we we kind of focus more on the video series and i think each week there's a spe specific topic or subject uh, to just go a little bit deeper in that. But yeah, we're just all about uh, getting the guys involved. And um, we're in a spiritual battle. I don't think we have to look too far out our front door to see that that's going on, that uh, the families are being attacked. And our job as husband and father, you know, we're the sheepdog. we got to keep the wolves away from the door. So man up. Absolutely. Brian, I know that you're busy. I know that you... Uh... You know, you've got other radio things to do today. I really want to thank you for everything, man. For, you know, for yeah. coming on here, you know, for kind of mentoring me along the way a little bit. And, uh, you know, just for sharing a kind word. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. You got my number. You got my number. Anytime you need something, give me a call. I'm happy to help. What you're doing is too important to uh, let get swept under the rug. So if I can help you in any way, brother, I'm here. Thank you, man. Do you have anything else you want to say to the audience? Oh, boy. You put me on the spot. Um, well, that's what the edit buttons are for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can take this out and post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, go to confession, go to mass, receive the Eucharist. You know, we're in the second year of this Eucharistic uh, re revival. Um, you know, it's sad to hear that even church going Catholics don't believe in the real presence. And that was the thing that brought me into the Catholic church. Mm. So, you know, get your butt to mass. If you can go every day, go to adoration. Some of the biggest epiphanies that I've got over the years have been in, uh, adoration. So, you know, any, any time that you can spend with Christ is time well spent. You might not think of it at the time, but it's going to be blessed and you're going to see fruits from that eventually in God's time. So get to mass, go to confession, go to adoration, listen to Catholic radio. <laughs> not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> go to mass first. 
Now, yeah, do yeah, that. No, no, wait, wait. Do we go to confession first or do we go to mass yeah. first? Uh, I find I find that we have to do that. Go yeah. to confession first and then go to mass. Yep. Then adoration. And then was your driving home Catholic radio. Okay. Yep. We got the order figured out. Awesome. Don't forget the donuts in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm diabetic now, so I have to lay off the donuts, but I'll drink up the church's coffee. There you go. Amen. Cream, no sugar. <laughs> All right. So. For my guest, Brian Howell, my producer, David Imhoff, I'm down the hall, Dave, always praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.